Buongiorno! Hello, we are back. We're Crystal back. can talk. I can talk again. Yay! Because <laughs> my husband's so excited. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> he he had a nice little vacation. <laughs> yeah, a nice break for me. Asking him all the dumb questions and everything. It was fun. You should have totally played it up and gotten like a little notebook and like every five seconds hand him something else to read. I do. <laughs> Wasted opportunity. <laughs> I actually downloaded one of those text to speech apps, so I was like typing everything. <laughs> That's better. I like that. So good. Good job. Good job. Yes. Yes. I am tonsil free and. I'm getting on the the uphill now, so not totally a hundred percent yet, because it's still a little still a little sore, but we're getting there. Yeah. That's not where I was when I got home, that's for sure. That was horrible. Well, I do not envy you, so ten out of ten would not recommend. Hopefully I never have to do it. I've never had issues, so I doubt that I will ever have. It's not fun. I mean, if you have to do it, you have to do it. Well, I still can't believe that if you had so many issues like you were telling me about, how come when you were a kid, the doctor's like, oh, you know, maybe you should get them out. It was my mom. Oh. <laughs> you just seen her face. <laughs> no, because, yeah. But I got it done now. Yeah. That was stupid. I wish I would have gotten it done at like four. <laughs> Man, I never wanted a Big Mac so bad in my life. <laughs> like, I just wanted solid food forever. Mm -hmm. And I could, every time I tried, it would burn or something like that. But now it's good. good. I had a Big Mac yesterday. <laughs> it was good. Do you, did, did you keep them in a jar? No, and you know what? My cousin asked me the same thing. Did they even offer it to you, or he no? Didn't. Since you're an adult, he didn't even offer it to me. I wonder if they still do that, or if it's weird. I have I my mean, teeth. It is weird, but like it's a thing. Like, it's just a thing they do. Like kids have their tonsils in their bedroom on a shelf. Yeah. Like, no, I didn't get that option. I got the option to keep my teeth when I had those pulled. That's weird. He's like, "You want your teeth?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he put them in like this weird paper thing, so I still have my teeth that I had pulled for my braces. So there's that, which is like, why did you say yeah? Well, One, I was drugged up, <laughs> so that's why I said yeah. I wanted to keep my teeth. Well, Two, it's save, my teeth. Save them for when you're like 80, and maybe you'll need dentures because dentures used to be made out of real teeth, which is disgusting. Ew. Yep. Like, what did people donate them or something? Nope. Like grave robbing. And stuff like that they would make like in the Victorian times of course everything weird happens in the Victorian times like the story I'm gonna tell you today but ah. yeah <laughs> I, I, was, I was listening to obituary and Spencer did a thing about teeth because he hates teeth and he was Fair. talking about how um, yeah they used to be made from real human teeth and of course it's something that rich people had so poor people would sell their teeth because they needed money or dentists would do like the grave robbing and whatever to get the teeth and that's just disgusting why would you have another human being's 
parts inside of your mouth. It's gross. I could do like the organs or arteries or something like that, but when it comes to teeth, that would just gross me out. I'd be it's like, you know what? I, I just won't. I'll eat applesauce for the rest of my life. I'm not gonna get somebody else's teeth. Gross. Yeah, I don't like that. It made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> But I could go back and use those teeth, maybe, like, yeah, for well, myself, because yeah, they gave me my teeth. They're your own teeth. But I don't plan on donating them, so sorry <laughs> if you need four teeth, because you're not getting mine. Uh, do you have a Halloween costume yet? Maybe you can put them on a string around your neck. I do not. I'm trying to figure it out with Stevie. We're going to try to match. Aww. She's napping next to me, my baby girl. I need to go to Spirit or something and find something easy to do because I want to go trick-or-treating with my nephew. Yay! <laughs> but it's a Monday, so we work, so I need something easy so I can throw it on and go over to the and house. Go. And Yeah. I don't He's know what I'm doing. Four. Ooh. He's all excited. That would be fun. I think they're making his costume from scratch, so... Those are always the best. I always made my costumes mm -hmm. when I was a kid. There's only a handful of times where I ever actually bought a costume. I was always making it. I like to buy, like, the main part and then expand from there. Mm -hmm. So I could put, like, different pieces together. I go to, like, Savers and then get stuff from there. Yeah. So I like to do that. I don't know what I'm going to be, though. Haven't decided. But, Yeah. Did you hear? Okay, this pissed me off, and I've been waiting until I get talk to talk about it because it annoyed the hell out of me. Uh -oh. So, like, you know, and everybody else that knows, I have been following that Parkland shooter trial yeah. since day one. Yeah. I have been following it. I've been watching it religiously. I have done everything, and he got sentenced to life in prison, which I don't think he should get. And I was reading the comments. Because everybody commented on there. You know, I mean, everyone's got their own beliefs. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But everyone's like, oh, no, he should, like, have life in prison so he can think about it. And I was like, no, because he's dumb. And we already know that he doesn't know how to think. <laughs> so why the fuck would he think about it now? <sighs> anyway, I had to rant about that because yeah. I don't think he should have gotten life in prison. I think he should get death. But luckily, they're having a resentencing date. Oh, really? Yeah. Does that happen? Yeah. Because what had happened... Well, they usually do that for a lesser sentence, not a bigger sentence, right? That's what I thought. But here's how they got him. Because they didn't take into effect the victim impact statements. So the laws are changing now because I am involved with it as well. Um, Nevada has it. So when I had that incident at the grocery store that I worked at, what it is is victims have a say now. Mm -hmm. So as long as the perpetrator is in the court system, the victims have a say so they get to know what's going on, what they're doing, mm -hmm. if they ever got in trouble again, if they're going to go on parole, then you have a chance to talk and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So Florida kind of has the same thing. So they didn't interview the family to take into consideration what they think should happen. Mm. And by law, they're supposed to. Okay. See, so if they now the state... It, if they miss that step, then... Yeah. Yeah. 
So now the state gets to go back and they get to write their own victim impact statements and what they think should be taken into consideration for the jury to take into consideration to hopefully resentence him to death in prison. Yeah, I, um, if you guys listen to Small Town Dicks, it's hosted by Yardley Smith and a couple of retired detectives. And this season they have Paul Holes on there as well, but they just interviewed the cop that Mm -hmm. was, he was one of the ones to respond to the call. Um, They didn't go into detail of like what happened and what the crime was, but like it was like his accounting and his experience of what happened Mm -hmm. that day and then after during the investigation and oh my gosh, it's so hard to listen to. It's a tough one for sure. Like, and he, there was a couple times where you could tell like he was choking up. Oh yeah, there was a couple of times that it, it got us because when we first watched the trial in the beginning, um, the state's given their evidence and one of the girls happened to record. So she was in one of the, the classrooms that got shot. So she like took out her phone and she recorded the entire thing. So they didn't show it mm-hmm. because they didn't want to make that information or they made the audio public but they didn't make the video public because of the families they didn't want to re-show that to them but when you're listening to the audio like even me and Richard had to like pause it a couple times and we were like it's bad because you just hear people screaming and shots and stuff like that so I'm not happy with the decision but I'm glad that they're doing a resentencing date and I think what it was the first time that the defense actually did something right they because I didn't think they had a chance when they rested their case and they like got rid of all their witnesses and stuff like that mm-hmm. I was like there's no way now you got rid of everybody so I was like no but she guilt tripped the jury so bad in her closing argument she's like just so you know you're holding this person's life in your hands and you could sentence him to death, but what does that do? You just end up killing this kid, and you're just like, oh, my God. Laying it on thick. She laid it on like, so thick to where they were like, do we really want to kill this guy? <laughs> I guess that's really your job as a defense attorney, which would be really hard, especially in this case where he, he's flat out fucking guilty. Yeah. But you still have to do your job and defend them and get them with as little of a sentence as possible. Right. But, like... I, I mean, it's a it's a tough job. It's yeah. But I she laid it on so thick. I was like, oh man, I would feel guilty sentencing him to death at that point because she just was making it seem like you want to be murderers too, then go right ahead. And it was like that's not the point. <laughs> so the one time, the one time, I'll give her her credit that she actually did something right because that's what you're supposed to do. She did, but I'm glad the state is going back and they're like, hold on. (laughs) We still have business here. And you could see all their faces too, even the families. Like, we were just listening to it and they were like, well, it seems like it warrants death, but we're going to say life in prison. And I was like, no. So, yeah. I was mad about that. I was mad (laughs) the whole time. Punk ass bitch. I hope he fucking. <laughs> I 
was reading the live because the, they had like comments and one person's like I hope they dommer his ass in prison and I was like oh, oh, oh get <laughs> watching that new Dahmer show? I haven't seen a one, no. I'm not it's sure. okay. It's, eh, it's dramatized. Great. The only thing I like is I think Evan Peters played a perfect Jeffrey Dahmer. He yeah. has the voice down and everything. Well, Evan Peters can do no wrong, so. I love Evan Peters. He's just, he's beautiful. But a show, uh, it started to get really political in the end, and now I'm just like, I um I did want to I was excited for I wasn't paying attention though it's called I think it's called The Watcher about the Watcher House I thought it was a documentary but it's a like a it's like a drama yeah like, I based just saw the preview real, for that and it's by what's it Ryan Murphy that does American Horror Story mm-hmm. so there's so it probably is pretty good. But I was like, oh, man, like, I wanted it to be a doctor, because that's crazy, too. That one's weird. It's scary. And I, you don't even know what happened. It was just random letters being sent to this house. Yeah, and, and I was I was going to turn it on, right, because it came out on Thursday. And I was going to turn it on, and I went to play the preview so I could show Josh. I was like, hey, have you ever heard of this? And then I was like, oh, wait, it's not a documentary Never mind. Backtrack. Backtrack. I'm not interested anymore. I I, I probably will watch it, but it's like, you know, yeah. it's, it's not going to be what really happened. It's probably going to be like made up stories about made up stories about it. Yeah, and that's what I kind of feel mm-hmm. about like the Jeffrey Dahmer thing, because like I've said before, he's like the one serial killer that like I know everything about, and so watching it, a lot of it is dramatized, which is okay. I mean. It's done okay. But would I say it's like this bomb ass great show? Nah, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I guess they want to do like a season two. <laughs> and my sister's like, what else can they fucking do with it? And I was like, I don't know. He didn't get very far after prison. Like, um, we did watch the new Hellraiser on Hulu. Did you guys watch it? We did. We didn't like it. We thought it was... Yeah. I have nothing to compare it to because I've never seen the original Hellraiser. The original is really good. It's but creepy. It freaking creeped me out. It was gross. And... It was... Yeah, it was gory. And <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have nightmares now. The thing that happens, though, is I never have nightmares immediately after. This is going to be like... A month from now, oh, and yeah. I'm gonna have some weird fucking dream, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be like, ah, Hellraiser. Yeah. And <laughs> what's gonna happen is that Hellraiser is gonna morph with something that did happen recently, so it's gonna be extra weird. Mm-hmm. I I hope it doesn't. I hope it just leaves my brain. That's and why I don't watch scary movies. We're good, but that's why I don't. Although I have to because well, of what you we're doing do. next week. You did, you did watch, or you didn't watch scary movies until you married Richard. And now you're <laughs> tortured. <laughs> he turned on The Conjuring the other day because we're in Halloween mode. And he's only, he's like, only Halloween movies, only scary movies and all this stuff. And he turned on The Conjuring 
And he's like, you remember this one? I was like, all I remember is I buried my face into the couch because I did not want to watch this movie. I was like, so no, I don't remember The Conjuring. <laughs> <laughs> this movie scared the crap out of me. Uh, if you don't remember. I was like, so it's probably going to do the same freaking thing. Hella freaking don't like it. Oh, sorry if you hear the puppy. She gets little nightmares. She'll give me a nightmare. So she might yelp. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot to talk about. I know. I haven't been... talked in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's I, been a hot minute. I haven't been over in a couple weeks, so there's lots. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't do it um, last weekend because I was like, I'm still like, ugh. Yeah, I texted her and I was like, um, still. hey, how are you feeling? Because uh, you you probably want to be able to react because this is kind of crazy. And I was like, I can't react to anything currently dying still. <laughs> like so, so we decided to push it out. So here we are. And uh, I'm actually really excited. Because like, yeah, I am. I know the so. story. So, this one's wild. Yeah, so I'm going to be talking about William Burke and William Hare. Um, also, oh, they're both named William? Mm -hmm. I just knew their last name. Yeah, so. so Burke and Hare, also known as the Anatomy Murderers. Um, I first learned about this case um, when, whenever the movie came out, 2010. Yeah. Um, it's a dark comedy, freaking hilarious movie. It's got Simon Pegg and Andy Serkis, their Birkin hair. It's got Isla Fisher, um, Tim Curry's in it, which I don't remember, so I'm definitely going to have to watch it again. Um, Tom Wilkinson, um, a bunch of other good, awesome people. But, yeah, it, it's, it's funny. So after we watched the movie, like, I looked it up. Or maybe even says, like, based on real events or something. I don't know. And I wanted to watch it again, but it's not on any of the streamers that I have. Mm -hmm. So, boo. I didn't get to watch it. Mm. But I did do some deep dive research into this. <laughs> I'm excited because so it's so crazy. Um, so, I'll list my just two biggest sources and... So after you listen to me, go ahead and um, listen to the others, like if you really want to deep dive, because they mm -hmm. go into like the whole history of of like how it was during the time, like the medical stuff. Um, they go into real detail about Dr. Knox, who was kind of their, I guess you could say accomplice. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, yeah, so I'll get into it. But the first one is going to be the podcast Tenfold More Wicked. Um, there's season two. I think she called it Body Snatcher or Body Snatchers. I can't remember which podcast I first heard them from. It's six episodes, and um, it's Kate Winkler Dawson. She's a historical crime author and researcher, so it's really well done. She actually went to Edinburgh and interviewed all these people. It's really good. And then there's a book. Um, <laughs> get ready for the title of this book. So it's called The Anatomy Murders, being the true and spectacular history of Edinburgh's notorious Birkin Hare and of the man of science who abetted them in the 
commission of their most heinous crimes by Lisa Rossner. <laughs> that title is a whole book on its own. Yeah. Holy crap. But good news, it's an audio book. Yay! Or is on audio, which is how I did it. Um, I only listened to about half of it because since it's a book, like she went like really deep into everything and I kind of started zoning out on parts that weren't related to the story. So <laughs> I figured I would just Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Skip on. Um, so yeah, go listen to those if you want like a more in-depth. It's fascinating. Like um, one more quick side note before I get started. Um, I was saving it for spooky season because Ooh. it's like kind of perfect, right? Like right. I've been wanting to do it for a while. It's like, Crystal, we have to do Birkin hair in October. Um, during my research, I found that it's extra perfect because their last victim was actually murdered on Halloween. Ooh. So there's that. It was like a destiny. It was. It was a calling it was to you. Calling. <laughs> You're psychic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll go ahead and finally get started. Hell of an intro there, but <laughs> so over the course of their spree, I guess if you could call it a spree, um, Birkin Hare murdered 16 people in about a year's time, including one child. And it was interesting because this was the first serial killings case to be completely captivated by the media. And this was 60 years before Jack the Ripper. So during the trial, so this happened in the 1820s. That is so crazy mm -hmm. because I actually, because the way they set up like Jack the Ripper is like he was before anybody. Mm -hmm. So, I but it's kind of interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna save something to the end, but they do kind of like talk about them and Jack the Ripper a little bit. I think it's in the podcast. Um, I'll talk about that at the end real quick, but mm -hmm. yeah, so at the time of the trial, um, the newspapers were just going wild, and they would print twice daily, and it actually went international, um, so this happened in Edinburgh, Scotland, but the news was read in London, Manchester, Dublin, and here in America, in New York and Chicago, and like all the major so it it was truly sensational um, and because this is kind of just a weird story on its own mm -hmm. of what happened because like when you listen to it you're gonna be like what the hell but it's kind of formed its own legend and lore and so there's a lot of things that are false that keep getting retold mm -hmm. to like even make it more sensational and in the yeah. pod in in the podcast that I listened to one of the guests she's like why do you gotta sensationalize it people are already getting murdered like <laughs> why do you have to make it any crazier <laughs> fair point <laughs> it's already crazy like what else do you need to add um one of those falsehoods is that some claim that Burke and Hare started out as body snatchers or resurrectionists at first and then they moved on to killing, but that's not true. Like, they just started killing people for money. Yeah. So, pretty 
pretty cold-hearted as it gets. <laughs> um, and then just briefly introducing them because not a lot is known about either of them. There's mm -hmm. not hardly any records at all. Um, but both men were Irish immigrants to Scotland. Burke was believed to be born around 1792 to a working class family. He and his brother Constantine served in the British Army. Burke was married and had at least one child. Um, when he moved to Scotland, he began work on the Union Canal and he did send for his family, but they never followed, they never came. Mm -hmm. And later he met Helen McDougall, who he called Nellie and she became his common-law wife. And when the canal was finished, the couple moved to Tanner's Close in Edinburgh, where he began working as a cobbler. And for Hare, even less is known about him, not even his age. When he was arrested, he said that he was 21. But there's like no surviving records or anything. Um, so he's just kind of here. Yeah. <laughs> so he, also moved to Scotland to work on the canal. Mm -hmm. um, when that work was over, he moved to Edinburgh into a lodging house in Tanner's Close. At the time, it was owned by a man named James Logue and his wife, Margaret Laird. Hare and Margaret uh, began having an affair. And when it was found out, he was kind of ran off. And it's not known where he went. But in 1826, Logue passed away. Hare moved back. Mm -hmm. And him and Margaret kind of began living as though they were man and wife. Like, I don't, so I don't know if they were actually married or, or kind of the same thing, common law. Um, and then it was in 1827 during the harvest season that Burke and Hare actually met. The Burks moved into the lodging house in Tanner's Close that um, Hare and Margaret were now running together and then the couples became really good friends. So, um, I'm not going to list like every murder because it's very long. <laughs> so <laughs> if, if you wanna know everything, just go listen to those sources. But I will list the ones that are like, either like, the like really famous ones right. or just kind of crazy because Remember, they murdered 16 people. Yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot. So, but the first body that they were responsible for, they didn't actually kill. It was a man who died of natural causes from dropsy, which is a condition of swelling and fluid retention in the body. He was known as Old Donald, and he died on November 29th, 1827, while staying in the lodging house. And upon finding him, Hare was upset, but only because the guy owed, owed him money. And <laughs> he was like that bastard. <laughs> so not only did he owe him money, but he had to get rid of the body so he could rent out the room again. Mm -hmm. Because he needed to make a living. Yeah, needed the money. Um, so he's like, man, what am I going to do? He's talked to Burke, and Burke's like, hey, the medical school will buy bodies. I love how he's just like, maybe, like, yeah. <laughs> I know how to get rid of him. So they brought 
the NAND's corpse to the university and were asking around for Dr. Alexander Monroe. Mm -hmm. He was um, the head, I think he was the head surgeon of the university. And um, so like he was the man to go to. He wasn't around. They encountered some other student who told them that actually a Dr. Robert Knox would pay more money so they should go see him. Um, so they did. Um, they received seven pounds for the body, which was a lot of money back then. Um, I think, so 10 pounds equated to like $1,500 in today's money. Okay. So seven pounds was a little less than that, but still a lot of money. It's enough for me to sell Especially one. Especially <laughs> where they lived. It was kind of like this area was like kind of the slums, I guess. There was a lot of poverty. Right. It was mostly immigrants, um, Irish immigrants, and they were always working for work and just so people would do anything for money pretty much. Fair enough. So I can relate. So <laughs> Brick and Hare split the seven pounds. Um, Hare took four pounds because that's what the guy owed him for rent and then he gave the rest to Burke. And then as they were leaving, one of the assistants told him that they'd be glad to see them again when they had another to dispose of. That is just so weird. It's almost like enabling them. Like, hey, just so you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if anybody else dies. Winky, winky. So, yeah, so this is where the story truly begins because the pair see now this they're like as an opportunity. They're like, hmm, maybe we can make some money here. You don't say. And so during this time in the early 1800s, this is the 1820s, um, I guess you could say this is where modern medicine like really began to take off. And there was a lot of interest in the medicine, and future doctors and surgeons, of course, needed materials to learn from, and that meant cadavers. Um, <laughs> there was pretty much no such thing as donating your body to science. Like, people didn't believe in that. Right. The church really had a say in what could be done with bodies after death because it was believed that a body should remain whole upon burial in order to ascend to heaven. Um, the only people that weren't awarded proper burial would be criminals. So okay. medical schools would be supplied with cadavers from executed persons, naturally. Okay. Um, however, during this time, Scotland was going through some criminal justice reform, so there were fewer people being executed, mm -hmm. and this put a huge kink into the already scarce supply of bodies. So this is when body snatching grew into popularity. Um, body snatchers were referred to as resurrectionists. All of the executed people would go to the university to Dr. Monroe. He pretty much had like a monopoly on this supply but there were other schools and other clinics in the city mm -hmm. that needed bodies as well. Right. And one of these was ran by Dr. Knox. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and so he was actually one of like 
he was very prestigious. Like two thirds of the medical students were learning from him and he wasn't even in the university. It was like his own school because he placed so much emphasis on learning real life, like working on real bodies right. versus diagrams. And so they said that he would need about 500 bodies a year. That is a lot. Like they go into this in in more detail in the in the podcast. Nowadays, there are medical students lucky. There are trained doctors lucky to have been worked on a cadaver before they even graduate. Right. And that's crazy because I went to Team CC, which is just this tiny little community college. Yeah, they have the cadaver. They have there. a male and a female cadaver, at least the time I went there. And it was just for a your run-of-the-mill anatomy, human anatomy class. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm very fortunate to have seen one. Right. Worked, like... See, that's crazy because I thought you... I thought cadavers were used more than that. Yeah, I don't know. Because that... I feel like that's the best way to learn mm-hmm. on a cadaver is because it's like an actual human yeah. body. And, it, it, you know, it was actually pretty neat. Um, so they have... So they had them all covered up except for the area we were working on today, that day. So if we're like working on leg muscles, like the only thing you're going to see is the leg. Okay, so and it wasn't like the full No, they, did, they had them fully covered. They were intact. They were fully covered, and they'd only open up. like Because this isn't a medical class. It's just a human anatomy class. Like right. You're basic. And you didn't have to work on them if you didn't want to. Because, you it's, know, because there's people that are kind of, you know, it's it's rough because it is a, a dead body. And I, actually, I was, I was fine with it, right? Probably because it didn't look like a human body. <laughs> like it looked like something. That's else. the only way you can really go yeah. into it. Because if you're like, oh, this person used to have a life, it's like, well, now you're bringing moral into it. It's mm-hmm. like, no, it, you got to look. It sounds cold. Mm-hmm. But it's true, because even my cousins told me, because she um, had to take a whole psychology class on it, where they teach you not to bring that kind of emotion in when you're working on cadavers. You have to view them as an object. Yeah, it's like Because that's what it is. It's, it's a learning tool. That's exactly what it is. And hopefully they were actually volunteered themselves for this. Yeah. Because there still is a body trait today. Right. Like with organs and all that. And yeah. there's even shady, they call them body brokers. Like if you, you can still sell like a loved one's dead body because you think that they're going to science. But they say, don't do that. Don't sell them. If they're truly want to be, do- like donate them to a university. Right. Because that's where they're going to do the most good. Yeah. Or there is that big, massive, can't remember that, I don't want to say body farm, does that sound yeah, bad? Yeah, body farm. Is mm-hmm. it, that's what it is? Yeah. Yeah, you could do that too. Mm-hmm. I think they take bodies as well. And that's pretty cool, because then, like, police officers or other yeah, investigators get to see different... it trains with forensics. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
not to be all morbid if you wanted to donate your body we're just giving you ideas yeah <laughs> yeah so um since they needed so many and the bodies were so scarce quick question yes i know you said they go into detail was it due to the fact that it was like a different time that maybe they didn't have coolers so they were just kind of filtering through bodies so much or was it that he was teaching so many classes like when he would cut them up he had to just keep he was teaching more he was teaching so many classes he had so many students they made it sound like each student had their own body okay like when you dissect when you dissect cats in biology class and everyone has their own cat like, right okay that's what I was wondering because I was like 500 is kind of a lot that's how it sounded to me I don't know if that's accurate or not but right. that's how it sounded to me because he had so many students yeah because if you could store it then you could just pull it back out and just keep going on the same body but at the same time it was the Victorian age so mm -hmm. you can't just like throw it in a fridge yeah well, <laughs> and, and also they would have live like their classes were live dissections so depending on what you yeah there was no preservatives so depending on what you needed you have you have this body so you could look at the digestive tract and then you have this body so you could look at the arm or whatever like it but was you only like, got a certain amount of days before you're like now we can't cut it open anymore probably it's getting mushy probably <laughs> yeah i didn't get now that getting mushy i didn't get that far but that would be interesting to find out anyway that was just my question because it is a lot of bodies yeah. a year yeah so yeah so all that to say if they weren't body snatching themselves right they paid the body snatchers for the bodies um it wasn't exactly legal <laughs> to, you don't say no <laughs> no it's not legal to sell body parts no. oh. so like the body snatching part was illegal right but apparently the purchasing of the body was okay so there became this don't ask don't tell policy when buying the bodies. Uh, you know what? That makes a lot of sense because I would just be like, here's your money. Which is <laughs> which is probably how these two got away with it for so long. Yeah. Because nobody no knew them. where the bodies came from. He got to teach his class and be this popular teacher. I mean, why not? Yeah. Okay, so their first actual victim was Joseph the Miller and he was a tenant um, who one day became very ill with fever and cough he was a little bit delirious so Burke and Harry looking at him they're like hmm okay he ain't got much they're time like, you know maybe he'll just die right they're waiting for him to die so they sell the first body in November come February this guy's still alive Still coughing up blood and everything. <laughs> they've they've ran out of their money, so they're like, maybe we should just put the guy out of his misery. Let's speed it up a little bit. So they go up to his room to like pretending like they're checking on him. They're chatting him up. They're pouring him whiskey, like glass after glass of whiskey. Hey. Get him good and drunk. There you go. He passes out uh -huh. on bed. So then, um. Burke placed a pillow over Joseph's nose and mouth and hair laid across his body to keep him from like thrashing. Okay. So they essentially they they suffocated him. Um 
and it didn't take very long. He was drunk, and he was sick, so he didn't fight hardly at all. Yeah. So <clears throat> they took him to Dr. Knox, and because the body was so fresh, he was paid 10 pounds. Oh. Like, hey, bud. Look who we got. Look who we just stumbled upon. <laughs> and from this point on, Birkenhair had a plan on how to obtain more bodies. They had to think about it, though, because they're like, well, we can't just keep killing my tenants because people will notice. Right. So they decided to just go about town and find people that, like, people nobody knew, like, kind of transients, maybe. People that could just disappear nobody would yeah. ever know. So every one of their victims was lured with liquor. Mm-hmm. They got him good and drunk, and then they suffocated him. That's how they killed all of them. That's no... I mean... It's, yeah. Better to be drunk than not, I <laughs> guess. <Yeah. That's laughs> they done. wouldn't even know. <laughs> but then they had another problem. They had to tell their wives what they were doing, because if they were going out, they're going to ask where they've been. Right, and if they're going out a lot... Wives were 100% on board. They Those wanted fucking that. bitches. Yeah, that's what it is. They wanted that ching-ching. Okay. You guys are making money now. I can get one of those fox fur scarves. I'll yeah. look like top shit walking totally down the street. So then their next victim, also in February, her name was Abigail Simpson, and they found her in some pub in town. Um, when they met her, she was already buzzed, and she was going on about her daughter who lived elsewhere. She's talking a lot about her daughter, and Hare's kind of playing it up. He's like, oh, I'd like to meet her. You know, I'm looking for a wife. Let's get married. And Abigail, she's like, hot dog. Yeah, she's like, all <laughs> into it. So they keep drinking. They keep drinking. Um... Burke and Hare take her back to the lodging house, and the wives come, but they're playing it up too. They're all drinking and whatever. Evil bitches. This woman was a fish. They could not put enough whiskey down her throat. <laughs> so by the time. She, she sounds like my kind of girl. So by the time she was drunk enough to pass out. Burke and Hare were totally shit-faced because they had to drink, too, to keep up the ruse. Right, you can't be looking suspicious and not drink. And so they couldn't get themselves together in order to do this. So they're like, but they didn't want her to leave because they needed her body. Right. So they're like, okay, how about this? How about I give you a free room for the night because it's really late and it's not safe for you to go home. So you stay here. Right. So she does. Next morning, the two go check on her. They're like, hey, how you feeling? She's like, oh, I'm fine, but I got this mad hangover. It's like, oh, how about a little hair of the dog? There you go. <laughs> so now this time they paced themselves. Smart. And they made sure she was sloshed. Yeah. And uh, she, poor girl. she passed out and they killed her um this time though they didn't use a pillow um it's not clear it might be that perhaps they understood that 
it can leave evidence behind, like an impression or fibers or something. Okay. It's suggested that maybe that's why they decided not to. So what happened was Burke would put his hand over the nose and mouth, like, uh-huh. like just cover, and then hair would lay over her bot her body to keep her from struggling, and this was became to be known as burking. So they named the method of murder after this guy. Because Interesting. It, so basically, burking is a method of murder right. by suffocation that leaves no marks. Because you don't leave any mark. It's just using your hands and using your body weight. I feel like that would be really, really... I, I mean, I guess... Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to test it, but... <laughs> <laughs> it worked, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, they also received 10 pounds for her body. Um, come early March... There was a 40-year-old Englishman, his name's not known, who checked in, and shortly after he checked in, he felt ill with jaundice, and mm-hmm. after a few nights, he was so sick that he couldn't even leave his room, and they're like, okay, he's perfect, he's gonna die anyway, but right. also, it's probably a bad look for people to get sick in our house if we want people to stay here. Now they're just fucking sugarcoating it with, like, a fucking excuse. Like, yeah. now we have to do it because we can't have this happening. Exactly. So they killed, they got him drunk. Or, no, wait, I don't even think they had to get him drunk because he was so sick. But either way, they killed him the same way. Mm-hmm. The, the pat, this is just what they did. Got the person drunk. They burped him. Suffocated him. Burped him. Exactly. Burped him right up. You're getting it. <laughs> So now this next victim, she is probably one of the most famous, if not the most famous victims. And her case alone has got like its own lore and stories that like aren't true. Mm -hmm. So she was a young woman, 18 or 19 years old. so first I'll just tell you the facts that um, this was early April. Burke met her and also her friend Janet Brown. And he bought them um, I lost my place. They were drinking. He met them drinking. It was in the morning. Um, and he said, hey, I'll make you breakfast. So he brings them to not the lodging house, but his brother's house. Okay. And they keep drinking. Mary passes out. Janet is like, no, I'm good. I think I'm going to go. And before she can leave, um, Nellie, Burke's wife, comes in. And she's like, where the hell you been? And she's pissed off because she thinks that Burke is cheating on her with Janet. Oh, no. So she's throwing a fit. The two get into a fight, and Janet just like, peace out, leaves. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Weird. Things settle down. And Nellie's like, okay, well, you got the other girl. Let's, let's kill her. So she leaves to go get hair. So oh Mary, Mary Patterson is the only one not to be killed at the lodging house. Mm-hmm. Or, wait, 
No, that's a lie. The last victim. Anyway. Anyway. So, they, they get hair. They kill her. Um, and the, his brother was supposed to have been at work. Mm-hmm. Have, have left to, at work. But somehow, he makes it back to the house. Maybe he heard about the commotion or something. And... I think it was both in the podcast and in the book, they question whether he knew what happened. Mm-hmm. Like, if he knew that his brother killed this woman. And I forget which one, mm-hmm. but one of them said that Constantine actually helps transport the body. So. He's kind of in on it. He, you son of a bitch. He has to kind of know. Right. Um. So they bring her to Dr. Knox, and the assistant sees her, and he's like, I know her. What happened to her? Oh, shit. (laughs) Her? What? I don't know. That's crazy. And Burke's like, you, he's getting heated. He's like, you never ask me where these come, like, I, I bought her from an old woman who found her dead, okay? Like, that's where I got her. And he's like, okay. He's like, don't you ever ask me again or I'm not bringing you any more bodies. He's like, okay, okay. Man, making it obvious there. And then, so, Dr. Knox only paid him eight pounds for this body. It's probably because, like, a warning, like, hey, be more careful who you bring me kind of thing. Ooh, that's creepy. That gave me chills. That's creepy. Yeah. Ooh, I don't like that. And so, (laughs) so the reason... The reason her, um, she's so famous is because, probably because she's young and beautiful, right? There's a lot of accounts that falsely say that she was a prostitute, Mm -hmm. probably because of the time of day where she was found, um, and also that the assistant knew her. Like, it's implying that he only knew her because... They had a connection one or two times, you know? Uh, or she could be just a really pretty girl with a recognizable face. And... and, but there are records that indicate she was at the hospital um, shortly before this. So he'd probably seen her there and that's how he made the connection. Mm-hmm. And so part of her <laughs> myth is that, what's it say? I have it actually... Um, Okay, the quote was, uh, a young and beautiful woman through the dangers of her profession became a victim of murder and her lover discovers her dead on the dissection table (laughs) because he recognized her. (laughs) That's a little far-fetched. There's another rumor that says that Dr. Knox was so taken with her like her how beautiful was how perfectly she was intact like she was still warm when they brought her to him Mm. that he preserved her body and spirits for three months before dissecting her and it's also rumored that he hired artists to come in and render her likeness and anatomical figure 
and that art students even came in to view and sketch her because she was so beautiful and dark. It's like I mean, it's creepy, right? That is really creepy. But the thing is, I think it could be plausible. It, it could be. I don't because I he wouldn't be the first one in yeah. history to do some weird shit like that. So. I could see it. Would I say that he preserved her for like three months? Probably not, considering that he was cranking him out pretty quickly. But I wouldn't say that maybe he may like have he been could've... infatuated with her beauty and had... It's like, I can't bear to wall. cut this one open. <laughs> I'm saving you. <laughs> but only for three months, because I can't store you in a refrigerated area, and you're going to get mushy. <laughs> so he, then we'll cut you open. Um, then there was the twofer. It was an old woman and her 10-year-old grandson who was deaf Eek. and mute. Oh, no. Yeah. That's fucked up. So the old woman needed some help, so they brought her to the house, killed her the normal way, and they were like, oh, shit, what about the kid? Yeah. So. No. I don't think so they kind of like manhandled the kid because you can't get the kid drunk. Hmm. And this is the one that after this, Burke started having a lot of issues. Like all of them were pretty heavy alcoholics. But after this one, he could not sleep without downing a bottle of whiskey. And he had to have a lighted candle by his bed at all times. Well, so he dude, had, yeah. he had like a millimeter of a conscience. Because he killed a kid. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say, like, good for you, buddy. Like, <laughs> so there's something inside you. But it's like, man, that's a kid, though. Yeah. Come on, dude. Yeah. So all this time, they when they transport the bodies, they put them in, like, this tea chest. Which, I don't know, maybe it's, like, like, like some rolling kind of cart that closes or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly. But there was two of them. So they wouldn't fit. So they had this huge, like, fish barrel, mm -hmm. and they shoved the bodies in there, and they waited until the next day to transport them. So this barrel was so heavy, though, that they had to use a horse and cart to bring it. Oh. And when they got into town, <laughs> the horse is like, I'm over this. <laughs> I'm not pulling this cart any no. further. Sounds like a fucking comedy scene. This horse is making a scene, right? Right. And, and people are starting to gather around. They're like, hey, do you need help? Like, what What can we nope, do? we're fine. And Thank they're like, you. Yeah, they're like shoving people away. <laughs> and and finally, this, this guy comes and he's like, I got you. I'll take it. And he's like, oh, fine. We just need to get it there, right? So they bring it in. And... Because they've been stored overnight, they can't get them out of the barrel because they're stuck together because of rigor. Oh, yeah. I was just thinking that. <laughs> and so... <laughs> it is like a fucking comedy yeah. <laughs> You're just like, son of a bitch! So, so the assistants who are ever... Like, they're pretty pissed because they can't get these bodies out. Right. You're, you're not moving something when just, they're in like, rigor mortis. It's like, it really is if, like, 
There's only two of them, but it's like if the three stooges try to be Jack the Ripper, it's like what <laughs> is like what I equate them to. Right? Is that right? shit right now <laughs> like what else could go wrong today <laughs> and then so this one kind of cracked me up just because like of course this would happen because of the time period oh man this sounds great already Burke is just walking around town at night and he sees these two officers with this drunk chick they're taking her to the jail so she can sleep it off or whatever. Right. And Burke approaches them and is like, hey, um, hey, I know her. I'll make sure she gets home. Oh, my goodness. And, and they give her like, to him. Sure shit, man. <laughs> they let her go with him. Oh, man. And she was victim number, I don't know what number, but she was a victim. Because <sighs> cops were stupid. Hey, you know what? They did it with Jeffrey Dahmer, so why the fuck not? <laughs> um, this, I'm not sure exactly when this happened. My timeline kind of got off, but I'm just going to throw it in here. Um, at some point, I don't remember if it was only Margaret or if Hare and Margaret together approached Burke. And they're like, hey, um, how attached are you to your wife? she made you take out the trash you really need her around <laughs> they wanted him to kill her <laughs> that's horrible the three of them were irish and sh and nelly was a scottish woman oh, so no. i don't know what happened but the hairs at some point stopped trusting her they're like she's gotta go <laughs> so they tell her husband to kill her you wanna, you want out? <laughs> you wanna never do dishes again? <laughs> and of course, Burke is like, fuck you guys. <laughs> He's like, hey guys, she's not that bad. So th they were, they were planning on going on a holiday. Uh -huh. So the hares were like, okay, well, when you're gone, do it when you're gone and say she had an accident or something. <laughs> He's like, guys, I'm not killing my wife, man. He's like, you guys, peace out right yeah. so they go they, they go on their holiday to see her family I think is where they were going mm -hmm. so I only mention this because well it's kind of crazy right they're like right. we we're one too many we need to get rid of her <laughs> but the thing about it was after they killed someone and got the money for the body mm -hmm. they started living it up right Right. They started buying all these fancy clothes and doing this and doing that, like kind of spending it out, showing off their money. Yeah, which isn't smart, but no. they kept doing it. <clears throat> but then eventually you run out of money, right? So then you have to right. go back to wearing these ragged gas clothes and like living within your means. Mm -hmm. Before the Burks went on vacation, they were in this low period, right? They okay. were in their they were in their peasant period right when the burks came back <laughs> the hairs are all dressed to the nines 
He's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so Burke's like, you asshole. You dirty rat. So You're he, killing people without me. He goes to see Knox, and Knox is like, oh, yeah, they brought me a female body, and I paid him this much for her. He's like, you dirty bastard. You son of a bitch. Oh, I'd be like, Fuck, I would be mad. So after that... <laughs> I'd be mad if you killed somebody without me for scam. <laughs> You're like, this is our thing, damn it. Yeah, so understandably, things after this were not so great. Fair enough. Between them. Um, I'm gonna... Okay, I do only have two more. Okay. This next one... They should have been caught on. I, I think someone should have caught them on this one. Mm. But they went on to kill at least three more, three or four more after him. Oh okay, so goodness. listen to this. His, name's, his name was James Wilson. Mm -hmm. He was 18 years old. Um, this poor guy. So he was developmentally disabled. He walked with a limp because he had deformed feet. Oh, no. He was just like a, a fun-loving kid, right? Everyone loved him. He already sounds like a cutie pie. And they, for some reason, they're like, he's next. Yeah. So, problem was, Jamie didn't drink, but he liked snuff. So okay. So, they, they lured him to the house with some snuff, and they still try to get him to drink. He's like, no, no, I don't want any. I don't want any. So he drank a little bit, but he didn't get enough to pass out. Mm -hmm. So they just waited for him to fall asleep. Okay. He fell asleep, and they tried to burk him. Dude flips out, right? Wouldn't you? You wake up to this dude laying on top of you, another one with his hand on your mouth, and trying you're to trying kill to kill you. Yeah. And so he, like, he has strength and they're struggling they're struggling oh, in this room finally they get him to go down but leave some blood and marks and stuff because there was a struggle mm -hmm. they um before they i think they did it with all the bodies for some reason maybe just to make it easier for the assistants to prep the body or whatever. After they killed the people, they would strip their clothes and take any belongings. Mm -hmm. um, so they stripped him. Burke gave the kids' clothes to his brother for his nephews because they didn't have a whole lot of stuff. So it was like, hey, these clothes are good. Here's your clothes. Right. And then Hare kept the snuff box that mm -hmm. he had. So just, you know, keeping evidence, right? Um, and then, so they they bring him to the place, and a couple of assistants, they're like, we know it. what happened. We know oh, him. <laughs> Damn it, guys. And Dr. Knox is like, no, you don't. Shut the fuck up. No, you don't. Yeah. And so rumors started to swirl that this kid was dead, and so before they dissected him, they cut off his feet. So they couldn't, like, know for sure that it was him. But they, okay, you know what? Now they're really just kind of 
they're just giving these kids a fucking playground <laughs> at this point. Like, seriously. Um, even this doctor's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay, like, let's n- n- x nay. <sighs> like, come on, man. Okay, I don't know. How- okay, so I'm finally at their final victim. I'm telling you, they're making it easy for these freaking guys. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Going back to Three Stooges again. <laughs> well, it is like the Three Stooges. Because Burke and Hare, who's the, who's the smart one? That would be the doctor. Which one's the smart one? Mo. Yeah. And then there's Larry and Curly <laughs> that are just there to do Burke the and, Burke and Hare, Larry and Curly, and... <laughs> Okay, so their final victim was Margaret Dougherty, a middle-aged Irish woman. Um, I think they said that she had come to town looking for her son. Um, I might be mixing up stories. Anyway, her name was Dougherty. So Burke played it up being like, oh, my mom's name's Dougherty. I'm shoot. I'm from where you're from. We're, pra- <laughs> we're practically cousins. Bestie. What? So he brings her back to um, the Brogan Lodging House, which is a different lodging house um, that the Burks were living at. Brogan was a relative of Burke. Mm-hmm. So they were staying there for a while, probably because he was having... Um, bats with hair so he moved out but so they they brought her to the Brogan lodging house um and this was on this was on Halloween October 31st 1828 now I don't know if it's still this way um but at the time Halloween was a big holiday in Scotland because the next day, November 1st, is All Saints Day. Mm-hmm. So on October 31st, people would like live it up, drink it up, do all this crazy stuff. Because the next day, you have it's a proper holiday, I guess. Right. Yeah. Okay. So Halloween's got pretty wild. Um, so also at the lodging house were Anne and James Gray, who were relatives of um, Nellie. Okay. So they're drinking and having a good time and playing games, and Burke's like, well, shit, I gotta get rid of these pesky relatives. Yeah, the, oh my goodness. So he sends them to Hare's Lodging House Mm -hmm. for, with a free room or something. So they get out of the way. Um, they the they keep drinking and whatever. And by the time they finally get around to, to killing her, they're like super exhausted. They're like, "Fuck it, we'll take care of it in the morning. She can stay in her bed." You know. Yeah. Um. Next morning. Anne comes back because she needs to get stuff for her kids that were left in their room. And she sees Mary's body. Eek! And so she runs to find the police. 
and the police come, but they already packed up the body and moved it. By the time she came back with the police, oh no, and they're kind of sketch on her because they think that she's just trying to get back at them for kicking her out. So they think she did it. They think no, they think she's lying. Uh, because, oh, because there's no body. Oh, okay, all right. So, but they do their questioning anyway. Uh huh. And they only kind of catch on to him because both Burke and Nellie, they tell differing accounts of the story okay. of what happened. They're like, okay, where, where's this woman? Oh, she left at 7. One of them meant 7 p.m. One of them meant 7 a.m. Uh-huh. So they're like, okay, we, can, we need you guys to come down to the station yeah. and talk to us a little more. Things are getting a little weird here, homie. Meantime, they go to Dr. Knox's. They get alerted there. They go to Dr. Knox's and they uh, find her body. They're doing work over behind I us. I was going to try and close the door, but the door's already closed. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're doing some weird shit. They're being inconsiderate. <laughs> Those bastards. So, let's burk them. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So now, now they know that they're guilty. Right. And all of them are guilty. Um, they, but the problem is they can, they have her body, right? Yeah. And then they hear rumors of other murders, but they don't have the other evidence. Right. And at this point, they're probably all hacked up and chucked away. So they need a confession. So they decide that hair would be the one like, they can see it. They're like, he's going to sell them out in a second. I, I think Hare would. I think so, Hare's a little bitch. He, <laughs> yeah, so they offer him immunity. Like, full immunity. Oh, no. To I turn against that. Hare. Or, to turn against Burke. And yeah. death. <gasps> so, the trial was only against Burke and... Oh, wait. Yeah, the trial was against Burke and Nellie. Freaking sleazeball. I forget the name, but Nellie was essentially, they have a name for it, but she was not charged. She, uh, the plea was basically, we know you're guilty, but we don't have evidence to prove it, so you can go. Okay. Kind of like an Alfred plea, I guess. Like the reverse, though. Yeah. Because they're like, you have evidence that can prove it. But I'm not going to say that I did it, or we're not yeah. going to say that you did it, or so shit like that. Burke did a full confession. Um, he was found, so he was charged. He was sentenced to death. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened to Knox at all. He was charged with nothing. He got off scot free. But he was in on it, like the whole. He was telling people, like, shut up, like. <clears throat> plausible deniability, I guess. Oh my goodness. He gets ran out of town, though. Okay, well, good. At least something came out of it. Hair. We we have no idea what happened to Hair. He just kind of went into the wild and disappeared. What a punk-ass bitch. I'm assuming the same happened with Market. Nellie, um, she was let go. She went to the jail to see Burke, but they didn't let her in. And then she kind of disappeared also. So Burke was sentenced to death. 
public execution. Um, before he was executed, he made a full confession. So all of these accounts came from his confessions. Right. But they differ. So that's what's weird about this, too, is that there's, like, nothing completely adds up. So we'll never really know, like, the exact, exact story. So that's why things get kind of so, like, fuddled and whatever. Fair. But, so his execution, people were paying mad money to see this guy hung. I'm telling you, man. The square was full, like, the, the tenements that were at the, every room was full so people could watch, like, people wanted blood. Yeah. Also, um, he was to, um, be publicly dissected. (laughs) Oh, look at that. What a strange turn of events, man. So he, (laughs) he was sent to Dr. Monroe at the university and it lasted for like, I think two hours, thousands of people came through to see him. Laid well, open and all that's out there. crazy. You, karma bites you in the ass, I guess. <laughs> and oh no. And his skeleton, his life mask, death mask, and a notebook made from his skin are on display at the Anatomy Museum. Like we're going to England, <laughs> right? That's where it is, right? Scotland. Scotland. That looks like we're going to Scotland. Yeah. Oh, isn't that nuts? I hope that fucking hair stubbed his toe so fucking bad. Like, what a punk ass motherfucker. And then I've got okay, hold on. So an interesting thing about um, like he totally sold his friend out, dipped out, and he's like, deuces, bitch. <laughs> Sucks to be you. Something that came from the book, um, they have a whole chapter on Dr. Knox, like with his background and everything. So he wasn't even a doctor. He wasn't like an actual practicing doctor. He wasn't a surgeon. He wasn't a like practitioner of any kind. He was just just an anatomist. Like they had, they called him a quote dentist dedicated dissector so he just liked to rip things apart so he's just fucked up himself and it, and it started with um animals like animal dissection like just to learn like biology whatever he did something with hyenas but yeah he wasn't an even a medical doctor he just he's just slicing bitches open yeah and like how charging s- class fees for it how sick that's sick so, so he really could have just used a diagram. Yeah. That is disgusting. That's just, so if, <laughs> if anyone is the evil one, I think it's Dr. Knox. Yes. Because I'm thinking that he's teaching, like, how to remove certain organs for, like, you know, for medical students that are trying to be doctors or surgeons. That would make sense why you're actually needing an actual cadaver. But if you're teaching anatomy, you can literally roll down a diagram and say, Psh, that's an arm. 
Like, why the fuck you need a body, right. like a fucking cadaver, to pull up their arm and say, this is an arm. That cash, now though. Now let's cut it off. That cash, though. Because people were paying a lot of money to take classes with him. They're like, why go to this guy and learn an arm on a diagram when you can go to this guy and learn an actual arm? And then, as far as Burke goes, um, it's it's thought that he was in it purely for the money. Like, Fair. he he had no, like, sadistic whatever. And he, he did feel bad about the kid, at least. So he right. had, like I said, like, a millimeter of conscience. It was somewhere in there, deep down. And it's questioned whether or not Hare enjoyed killing. So he might have been... Well, he did go behind his friend's back mm -hmm. and kill that person just to kill him. Yeah. I feel like Hare would be the one that says, like, I just really like doing this. And it's a bonus we get a paycheck. Um... So all in all, for their 16 victims, they were paid 150 pounds in total over the course of a year. So they were making bank. Um, in reference to to burking, their method of killing. Yeah. So the court um, had a hard time believing that a common Irish man such as Burke could come up with such an effective way of murder without <laughs> without anatomical knowledge because of how, be, no. yeah because of how it works right so you cover the mouth but when you like lay on the body like it causes like a suction with the diaphragm uh -huh. so that's what suffocates you and they're saying because they were trying to say that Knox maybe taught them, even though he wasn't charged with anything. Uh -huh. they, I think they were trying to like implicate him. And um, that it doesn't take a hell of a lot to know how a lung works. Yeah, but Burke's like, no, I just we needed to keep him from struggling. They could flail about what they were trying him. to keep. Yeah, like I just did him. something. It just happened to work. Um, and then lastly. Uh, yeah, lastly, um, no, correct, not lastly. So when the bodies were brought to Knox, they did have, like, a record, a book of, like, all their cadavers. They were careful not to make notes of where the bodies came from, but certain clinical notes about sex and condition of the body coincided with the dates of the murders um so that's how they kind of knew too that yeah this was happening they were selling bodies right there was an entry from the spring of 1828 that said taken from a healthy looking female so things like that oh. would kind of and there was a total outrage because when people learned what happened right they're like oh oh this person's been missing for how long this person, this, Burke and Hare killed this person. I knew I haven't seen Jim in a while. And then Jan, Janet Brown, the the friend of Mary Patterson, she testified. Because she's like, I knew there was something weird. 
because she went looking for her after she was looking for her after and could never find her they i think they told her that he she ran off with some guy or something um how insane this is such a crazy ass story and then how wild this Okay, yeah. This is actually my last point. So, what, wait, where is it? I do have my last. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I just lost it, that's all. I was in the wrong. Wrong one. Uh, okay. So, this, this was from the podcast. They made an interesting contrast between Broken Hair and Jack the Ripper, which was 60 years later, they're saying that, um, so everyone in the world pretty much knows Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Because his crimes were so heinous. heinous. And he left mutilated bodies out in the street for people to find. Yeah. With Broken Hair, pretty much not a lot of people know about them outside the UK. Like I've heard it, you've heard it. I'm just, people have heard it, but like not it's not as well known. Right. Because they they don't they don't really have a body count, right? Because essentially their victims were disposed of because they were dissected. Right. And so it's not as impactful. Because you never saw the body, the bodies that they killed. Yeah, like they still killed sixteen people, and Jack the Ripper killed what five? Yeah, but they but because weren't, they were them filleted open. Yeah, because of the condition that their bodies were found, they're totally mutilated. These women out in the open for everyone to see. Broken hair killed sixteen people, but you never even knew that they were killed. No, because they went and sold them right off. So, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. That's an interesting point to make. Because you're right. Jack the Ripper's everywhere. Because it's like him and the Zodiac are like probably the most famous serial killers. Because of what they did. And nobody knows who the hell they are. They just came and went and that was it. And then Birkin Hair, no body, no crime. Pretty much. So... That is weird, because, yeah. yeah, I did know about Jack the Ripper for a long time, and I only learned about Burke and Hare, like, what, a couple years ago from a yeah. podcast. I was like, how the fuck have I never heard yeah, of these guys? I've, I've known crazy. about him for, since the movie came out, uh, like, ten years ago Yeah, is when I learned about him. But you hear about Jack the Ripper the moment you learn about true crime, because yeah. he was, like, the first serial killer when he wasn't, but... Uh-huh. He seems like the first one. Even when he told me, like, oh, no, this was 60 years before Jack the Ripper. I was like, how is that possible? Because you always think Jack the Ripper was, like, the first. He started all this shit and everything like that. So that makes sense. Yeah. And it sucks people don't know about this one because it is wild. I know. It's crazy. crazy. So, yeah, go listen to Tenfold More Wicked Season 2 because she really did a great job. Like with the re- it's what she does, so I would think so. But right, <laughs> you think she'd be good at her job? Yeah. So it was. It's really. It was really interesting, actually, like learning about it. Yeah. That is so crazy. 
kind of liked how they like were like, hey, your wife. She really mean that much to you. She's got to go, man. Till death do us part, right? <laughs> oh, how will we make it next week? Like, come on now. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Oh, I love that story. Them be crazy people. And it was a different time, so, yeah. I mean, they probably could have kept going had that girl not walked in on them. Yeah. I still love how the cops just gave that woman over to Burke. Like, you know yeah. her. Okay, get her home. Yeah. But they do that all the time. I feel like serial killers always have some kind of fucking story uh-huh. like that where they just go up to a cop and they're like, and this I'll take this them. woman must have been so out of it that she didn't even fight. Because wouldn't she like see this guy? I I don't know him. I'm not going home with him. Take me to jail. Yeah, like I'll go in the dunk the or drunk tank. Yeah, like I'll sleep it off. She she must have been like barely standing. Yeah, to be able to go with him. Yeah, she's just like okay, let's go. (laughs) But I feel like every everyone every like serial killer you read. They always had some kind of encounter with there's a cop. Something, there's something charming about them. Yeah. And the and cop's it, like, all right. Yeah. You're a problem now. And Burke, I think, must have been pretty charming because it was usually him that ended up, like, finding the person, talking with them, being able to get them back to the lodging house and everything. So Yeah. Because his friend's a bitch. <laughs> Man, I would be so mad. Be like, not only... <laughs> Did you kill somebody when I was on vacation, you dick? You straight sold me out to the police like you didn't do anything? Like, you asshole! Right. And then he's, like, gonna sit there. He's gonna take this brutal punishment, which he deserved, in fairness. But he's gotta do it by himself. Like, oh, hell no. You need to go back and go get his ass because he's gonna be right here with me. And we're both gonna be hung. We're both gonna be dissected. Fucking punk. Man. And he just disappears. Probably went on and lived a fun little life. Like, <laughs> turd. Ugh. That was a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Yay! Yay! But it was perfect, because it was it fits right in. Like yeah. you said, to Halloween. Halloween. Yay! R.I.P. Mary Doherty and everyone else. All those fun ones. So, yeah. (laughs) Go ahead and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Corner Combos. Instagram at Corner Combos Podcast. You can email us at cornerconvospodcast at gmail.com. Start sending us some topics. Yes. We're running low. And keep your tonsils, folks. (laughs) Keep your tonsils, kids. Don't get those out. I'm just kidding. I mean, if you need to get them out, you need to get them out. I just... (laughs) Be prepared. Get them out when you're five. If you have it, it's too late. (laughs) When you're a kid... Oh, my gosh. I talked to so many nurses, too, because nurses were like, Oh, yeah, my son had the tonsils out. Oh, my daughter had her tonsils out. And she just had it. And a lot of people said their kid was down for, like, three days. And they bounced back so quick. When you're an adult... It's been two weeks, two <laughs> weeks, and I can still feel it. I can still, I, ugh. It's, it sucks. I still can't sneeze. I still can't yawn right. If I swallow something too big, I pay for it. 
Like, I don't get how a 20-minute surgery, because I literally was, it was only like 20 minutes. Seriously? Yeah. That's, I, I mean, it took me more, it took me more time waking up from the damn medication than it took for them to get the damn things out. And, yeah. And you fucking recover like you just had your arm blown off. <laughs> and it's so stupid. Like, I don't get it. Like, I talked to my boss, and she had three C-sections, and she said the tonsillectomy was, like, way worse to recover from than a C-section. And I'm like, yeah, I can see it, because it's stupid. It's horrible. I hated every minute of it. And I'm still dealing with it. But at least I had a puppy to help me. Yeah, Nurse Stevie was seeping. She didn't leave my side the whole time. Oh, what a good girl. Jimma baby. Jimma baby. Except daddy has to express your anal glands, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Yay, puppies! So gross. <laughs> I'll let him do that. I ain't doing that shit. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see you all next week. Keeping up with the spooky season. The spookiness. You'll want to hear the next one as well, so see ya. Yes, it'll be spooky. Till next time. Bye. Bye.